Hello everyone, Hi. welcome to the commentary for Genesis Avalon Patriot Episode 2. I am the director and co-writer and co-creator, Cat uh, Pride, and with me is my co-creator and co-writer, Chris Bays. Hi. Hi. So. You know, it's kind of weird. I'm still getting used to the new theme because my brain's like, no, we didn't start the episode. <laughs> this is just some random stinger of music. This isn't this isn't the noble race. Yeah, it's it's very it's very intense too because it's yeah. like it feels like there, it's that whole joke about how uh, theme music, like theme songs and TV shows, went from being like a minute and a half crawls to like thirty second title yeah. cards. It's kind of how it happened here too. So, Timmy. Timmy. Tim Arthur. So okay. So first of all, uh, bless Chris' daughter. So so, Chris Chris played Tim for us on a lark back yeah. when we started uh, Avalon. He was like just supposed to be a one and done type and, character, and then we made him King Arthur. And bless him, he stuck around. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, really excited to come back over here to the UK. So obviously, episode one we were focused on the US side of things, and you know. They mentioned that, that, that they were coming from the UK, and they've mentioned the events of the previous show. But this is Timothy Arthur, the reincarnation of the once and future king, King, king Arthur. Arthur. And at the end of Genesis Avalon, he received Excalibur from the Lady of the Lake and used it to defeat uh, Mordred and Morgan Le Fay. Uh, and while he was doing that, he met Olivia, the other woman talking in the, in the scene. Um... The other woman? No, the, the other, other person, person talking. You know what I mean. Um, and uh, Olivia has a, an interesting, interesting long history. But for those of you who did not listen to the first show or have not had a chance to catch up, uh, essentially uh, Olivia was sort of a, a, a burglar for the gods. Her job was to run around retrieving artifacts that should not be in mortal hands. Uh, a job that she let go of in order to protect the king. Um, and uh, Teresa and... and Chris had some really good chemistry that I wasn't expecting, and it sort of shifted the trajectory of the show. And so when we were talking about where our cats are having a meltdown during this commentary, and you guys can probably can hear it too. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, uh, essentially in the six-year gap between Avalon and this, uh, Olivia and Tim got married. <laughs> and they just made a sexual entendre as well. Oh, yeah. This Talk is the uh, last time we did that on this the, desk. On this desk, yeah. And I really do, I love their chemistry. They're very fun. Um, both Teresa and Chris bring different layers to their their banter and their relationship. But, um, you know, we, we talked a long time about how, how, how would the King of Avalon fit into modern politics? Like, a guy shows up. Claiming he's the king, you know, he's King Arthur and he's got yeah. a sword. Yeah. And what, what, is, what, do you, what, what the heck that, does that mean? What does it mean when legend and myth say that that the re, that King Arthur is the once and future king of England, but there's already a queen of England yeah. and there's, you know, a thousand years of history, English history, that say that there's, you know, been a few changes in the line of secession <laughs> yeah. on who, what family is going to be the king and queen of England. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, we mentioned a little bit in that. I love that line. I could hear the air quotes around that. In the in the line that we just heard, uh, they did mention the fact that uh, 
you know, much like any other member of the royal family, they are now subject to mass scrutiny and they're constantly being hounded by paparazzi. Mm-hmm. Uh, most notably, for, for one thing, because of the fact that uh, the paparazzi want to treat them like the royal family, but they're they're kind of not, and they kind of are, but they're kind of not, and uh, they're not doing the things that the royals should uh, should expect of them. And I feel really weirded out by this because we came up with this before. Harry yeah, and Megan, and I Harry feel and really thing. bad about that because I feel like we kind of called it. Yeah, in a way. but these two actually get it get it better. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you know, for those of you who who listened to episode one and heard uh, the other British voice in on the, U- the U.S. side of things, Carrie, this is Carrie's younger brother, Tim. So so Carrie showed up on Avalon and was a reporter, but essentially, this is uh. This is how she's linked to the whole mythos of Avalon, and and that was how Tim got pulled into everything. But uh, it it's uh, it's so weird because we have like this nice mishmash cast of people from both sides of the pond, uh, all doing really weird things, including I was just saying net new voice. Yes, net new, not voices. net new character, but some net new voices. Yeah, um, that is uh, Jack and Alicia, who were two characters in the first show, who were the two young apprentices that Jaina and Sam met while New York was under siege, and they've been with them ever since. Um, but uh, six years have passed in the show, and they went from being kids to adults. So we cast two fantastic new actors. The first one you're hearing right now is uh, Jalen Frisbee as Jack, and then uh, Sarah Palmero as Alicia. Um, and Alicia is, like, a massive fan now of the show, which I think is awesome. Like, did not start out that way. We cast, we cast Sarah, and she was like, I'm going to go listen to the show. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And, and now I'm getting, like, idea. pinged all the time. It's great. But, uh, but yeah, so, so they've gotten older and, and the show, this, this episode and the scene really give us a kind of a chance to talk about like, well, what would that look like? You know? Yeah. They're technically apprentices to superheroes, but they've not been superheroes for six years. Yeah. So what, what have they been doing? And the answer is they've been, they've been training to be members of, of a government, of a, of a political body. And even outside of like, oh, they're quote superheroes. They're supposed to be the next priest and priestess of Avalon. But if you listen to the end of the last series, you kind of find out that there might not be any more priests and priestesses of Avalon. Now that Avalon is... Uh, Yeah, yeah, and Jaina sort of told the... To Atha did to like take a hike yeah. and like so what does that mean and so how how are you how are you going to be the next blah when the previous blah refused to retire yeah says the millennial <laughs> staring at all the boomer uh, boomer bosses yeah hmm um you can talk all you want I love this line listen you can talk I'll listen but this is not gonna show I feel like we've had this argument before as a as a married couple. But I've already made. I, I mean, you can tell me your opinion, but I've already made up my mind. Well, then I don't think there's really a point now, is there? I think the 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 learned thing is to say, okay, what decision have we made, dear? Yes. <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, okay. So, all right. I have to. I have to be happy and, and excited now. So, okay. So. Uh, this is Tracy Hall and uh, and uh, Alicia Lane Matheson nope. back as Roxy and uh, Natalie. And 
for those of you who are, I mean, you're going to hear about it a lot. And she kind of mentions it here. So Roxy and Natalie have been Jaina's best friends since, since college, pretty much. And they were mainstays throughout the, the first show. But Roxy had um, a bit of an adventure. She, she died. She has a, She's a, a history. A history. The, for those of you who have not listened to the first show, the very fast version of it was, is, is she was Jaina's friend. She got caught in the middle of a fight between Lilith and Jaina, where Jaina had to make the sad, sadistic choice, a la Green Goblin. And she chose the other person who was in danger, not knowing that Roxy was the other one. And uh, Roxy was killed. And then Roxy was brought back from the dead and corrupted by the goddess Sekhmet, who worked for the bad guys at this point and became Nox Avalon, so like the polar opposite of Jaina. And uh, was and Lilith, killed again. Lilith used her as like a corrupted version. Yeah, and then... That's and then, just what I do. Okay, thank you, Lilith. You can go away. You are not in the show. Um, spoiler, Lilith is not in the show. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but yeah, so, so that she, she was dead for a while. And then in the great, the great last season of Avalon, where all of the heroes came to, to show up to fight Morgan, uh, Jaina redeemed uh, Roxy and brought her back. So now she's a, a new version of Nox, and she doesn't even know what that is. Which she's about to start talking about it here. Um, she still has all these connections to the Egyptian gods that she was given because of Lilith's interventions. And also because of Sir Tristan mythologically we've, just, yeah. we've established that Tristan, Tristan fled to Egypt. Fled to Egypt. Um, so there's a connection there that Roxy does not really know how to explore. Which I don't think we've talked about this the whole the whole nights. So No, because we in, just got to the UK. Go for in it. In our original in the first series, you learn that not only was King Arthur reincarnated in the modern era, but all of the knights of the round were also reincarnated in the modern era. But because of the extent of the British Empire in the 17th, 18th, 19th centuries, those people were reincarnated everywhere in the former mm-hmm. British Empire. So there are knights from Australia and New Zealand, from South Africa, from the Americas, Canada, the Caribbean. Yep. And I can tell you that you will be seeing more of them. And... So one of those, met, I mean. one of those is, and, and they're all nationalities yeah. now. There's black. There's you know Afro-Caribbean. Yeah. There's there's there, Maori. There's, a, Maori yeah, there, yeah, there's white. An, yeah. So there's a, a, an Inuitman from I think Mumbai. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of lots and lots of people. Um. So one of these is Sir Trish. Nice. I can't cut that out. Professional speaker, Sir Trish. Commentarist. This is all live. We do this live. AKA like a Tristan is old. Yes. Uh, legend and that's who Roxy is and she was always going to be that she was always going to awaken into being Sir Tristan Um, so it makes you wonder why exactly she became friends with Jaina in the first place maybe destiny pulled them together maybe maybe somebody else wouldn't have survived being corrupted corrupted and i i'm air quoting you can't see it because it's audio air quoting the corrupted by the egyptian gods because as you'll as you'll learn we're gonna explore we're gonna explore what your connection to the gods is and if it's a good thing or a bad thing yeah but meanwhile uh as Roxy in, is, is trying to go through the beginnings of her midlife crisis, her new life crisis, as she new calls life it, crisis. Uh, there is trouble afoot in the UK. As we mentioned, 
Tim is not actually the king of England. He is the king of Avalon, and that is a dubious claim at best. And much like the modern UK, where there are people who like the, the monarchy and people who don't like the monarchy, there, this has only exacerbated that problem. Um, and while they're hanging out in this pub, they're getting to listen firsthand to this crap. Loud, and, loud argument on the veracity and validity and, and talking of about, a mythological yeah. kingdom reappearing and, 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 and in the ex- middle of England. I kind of explicitly talking crap about Tim, and mm-hmm. Roxy's going to have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. See? I can what? <laughs> Little pin <Go> drop. <laughs> so, 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 Tristan of her. Tell me. I know. I flippin' love Tracy. I'm so, I'm so glad we got the whole cast back, but Tracy was one of the ones where I was like, if I can't get Tracy back, I don't know if I can write this storyline. I was like, I need Roxy. You, Kat, let's be, let's be fucking real here. That was everybody. It's <laughs> true. You have like this long ass I did a very long list. I was like, if that person can't come back, I don't know if I'm going to do the show. <laughs> That person can't go back. I don't know what I'm going to do the show. I, I just don't know what I'm going to do if this person leaves. I just don't know what I'm going to do. Look, I, I tried to J. Michael Straczynski as much as possible and have back doors wherever possible. Yeah. But, like, you have to have, in order to use a trap door, you have to know what's coming. Like, you have to have warning to write it. But, uh, yeah. I, I really feel like if you've not listened to the first show, this this like speech right here gives you kind of like a really good like 30 second Cliff Notes version of all the stuff that Tim did in like the last five episodes. So tell me why I should care one bit that you don't like. Man, I love that. Fit. Just mm. love you, Tracy. Something oh, happens. the magical noise. That's magical weird. And then a fight. And then a fight. This is going to be fun. <laughs> and then she's yeah. totally down for it. Oh, this transition coming up. I freaking love this transition coming <laughs> you up. You freaked out when you listened to it the first time. Oh, it's so good. I'm listening for this it This is now. now, like, uh, I'm not going to lie. This is now officially a Roxy theme in my in my list of themes oh, for, what for music characters. Is where? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like it as a Roxy theme. From a, from a director standpoint, for those of you who, who may not be familiar with my directing... I love themes for characters, so expect to hear the same pieces of music pop up throughout the show because I love using them. I love it. <laughs> I love the classic cliche of, of the one person being like, no, don't get in the fight, and then they get shot by hair. Like, exactly. <laughs> and now, music goes out. And now it's over the radio in the police station because it's freaking awesome. Well, it's actually on or, Olivia's radio. Olivia's radio, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. It is Olivia. This scene's Olivia. Yeah. The police station's later. Yeah. But I just couldn't help it. I love it's one of my favorite transition techniques, and I was like, I gotta do it. It's perfect. But yeah, you know, it's not, nothing like being a a a, a a notable political figure, or at least attached to a notable poli- political figure like the mythical king of a country, and then getting arrested for a pub brawl. That means you've been working out a hot minute. Tim really got the opinion. You know, I remember. So I I really do love that. So so full disclosure, poor Sarah came in blind. She had no like exp- like like background of the show and didn't really get a chance to get ramped up until after this episode. But you can't tell. Like I felt like the con- the the chemistry between her and Tracy, Eris sorry, not Tracy, Teresa just clicked like immediately. This scene really like conveys that whole like they've known each other for years and and like 
a lot of the the last year in New York when Knox had plagued the city and then when Obsidian was starting to kind of win control over the city with the demons, Olivia protected Jack and Alicia constantly. The, the kids spent more time with her than they did with Jaina and Sam. And I really do love that that relationship is still very present six years later. They didn't like distance. In fact, they got closer. Yeah. I'm not weak. If Jaina suggested it, <laughs> you know she gets feelings about this kind Jaina of stuff. Jaina gets feelings about kind of this she kind of stuff. I was the right person to be here. It's kind of weird, but fun, writing a hero who's not in costume uh, yeah. for six years. And being like, what can she still do? And what does she not realize she can do? What? Like, you what know, she gets natural? feelings about things. Do you, Jaina? Miss, 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 I'm not in the costume right now? What's natural intuition and what's superpower? Yeah. Um, what is superpower given by one set of gods versus superpowers that come from elsewhere? Mm. You know? See, I wonder how that's going to be relevant, yeah. Uh, that, that sort of thing. You know, like, what, at, at this point, she's been a hero for so long. What is superpower versus just being really competent in what she does and knowing how to read people because she's, you know, older, more mature. And you're the best fighter I've ever trained. I can't believe you mean that. 100%. I'd like to think that I said the stage what Jaina's taught me then. Besides, who do you think gives Jaina and Sam some I just get distracted listening to the two of them talk. You think either of them know how to build a training course with actual flamethrowers? This really seems like a really weirdly specific skill, Olivia. I know how to build a training course with flamethrowers. Do nothing when we listen to the episode. Yeah, we are. You miss New York being infested by a demonic plague. Having to hide in an old training dojo? You know, at least Alicia's going to just tell you what's, you know. <gasps> oh, oh, Hamilton reference. Hamilton reference. It's a good musical. I'm just glad the West End wanted to produce it, considering how fast the stewards supposedly shut down anything not. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, okay. I'm just gonna. Um, I like that we address the fact that this is a parallel universe. Yeah. Um, but I would like to think that Hamilton would have happened regardless. Because <laughs> again, this was supposed to be speculative fiction. Yep. So I do like that that you know, and you're, you'll you'll see it as we continue to get into it. So there's there's you know several plots running, of course, at any given time as as, as with scripted television and and narratives. Um, but I really do like that a big part of this is the discussion around what the heck is Alicia gonna do? Like, who is Alicia? Like, who's yeah. she gonna be as an adult when she's not doing what Asara did, which was getting thrown into the world of being Avalon really early in the middle of what was a losing fight and then losing her mentor very early. Not and Jaina doing, doing almost the exact same thing. Yeah. This is the first time they've had peacetime almost. First time and Avalon's had a chance to actually be trained since Francesca. Yeah, pretty much. Since Francesca was young. Yeah. Yeah. As evidence, you know, here as Olivia talks about the fact that they're, this isn't the first time they've seen apprentices, but they, one of the things that Asara said in her 
flashback episode that I've always it's, has always stuck with me. This was one of the first things I ever wrote, even before I wrote the like the first season of Avalon, was that Avalons are born in blood and fire. Alicia was born in blood and fire too, but not in the same way as the others. The others get forged by that. All they do is fight and fight and fight. Yeah. Alicia's the first Avalon in a while. To think. Who, to be able to think. Exactly. Who, who's, who's spent most of her formative teen years being able to be an intellectual about it and to be thoughtful and philosophical and to figure out what... what what is, yeah, like she says, what kind of Avalon you're going to be. But also, what does Avalon mean to people and what should Avalon, the country, the kingdom be? Yeah. She said she understood who to call for in battle long before she recognized why. And you know, yeah, study. Study and practice, says the ancient one. Study. Years of study and practice, Stephen. Years of study and practice. Having an existential midlife crisis. I couldn't help it. I had to throw a needlepoint reference in. Sorry. I had to make a cross-stitch mo- uh, reference. <laughs> For those of you who don't know me personally, I'm a massive needlepoint hobbyist. I'm working on a giant needlepoint of well, Avalon right now. Aha! Welcome to Geneva, ladies and gentlemen, and jelly spoons. Calm yourself, Gabe. Um, I got the call when we were in route. And there's there's a uh, Jason Wallace uh, moonlighting for a hot second as Gabe. Um, so so as you mentioned, former knights, reincarnated knights. So you guys met Lance a lot last episode because Leo is with Jaina, and I kind of love the I love the fact that that Tim sent his literal right hand most trusted knight to go with Jaina on that trip um <laughs> sorry I just got distracted by Jalen uh but then also this is the other the other knight here is uh Gabriel aka Sir Galahad which is adorable because he's very naive sometimes like he's very he think he's very like thoughtful and smart but then stuff like this happens oh music cue <laughs> That music cue is almost com like. No, it's, that's I, the goal. I, I wanted it to comical. be. I, it's supposed to be comical. Like, this is this is Maeve Morin, who's supposed to be just you know dropped it Jessica Rabbit. I'm not bad. I'm drawn that way. Kind of levels of sexy because that's the thing that all of the me- the guys notice about her first. But uh, I can say that the jazz music kind of follows her around. I like it. Because I, I kind of went with it, but uh, but she is the former uh, the former attaché of the last ambassador, so she she knows her way around Geneva. I do like that the whole concept behind this is that Tim so so Tim is going to the UN to try and petition one for recognition of the country, but also yeah, two to for petition Sam's the, release. Yeah, that that Sam has been taken from. UK soil illegally and that the UN needs to step in and sanction the US yeah. government for having done so and return a UK citizen back to the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did like the fact that that one of the things that Tim established here is that he's aware, he's self-aware enough to recognize that if he's not been given any support from the UK government, there's an agenda behind that. Either one, they want him to fail 
or two, they want him to do as much as he can without official backing because it's easier for them to not have to come back for, you know, to not have to, to, you know, if they, if they hang on, how do I, how do I put this? If they haven't backed him officially when they need to back him officially, yeah. they can. There we go. Sorry. Yeah. Jalen and, and he's very distracting as Jack. It's wonderful. I have such a thing for Scotsman. I keep casting them. Yeah, he is. Um, also, I, I know it's slightly cliche, but I'm glad we did it. Uh, the fact that Arthur, no matter what reincarnation it is, does get his head slightly turned by pretty ladies. He's got a thing for pretty ladies. He's got a thing for pretty ladies. Very competent pretty ladies. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the prison. So yeah, so the two of them got locked up. That's good. Good job, you guys. You. Yeah, big guy. What's your name? It was shut it. I'm sorry. I'm really proud of that line. It's one of the funniest lines I've ever written, and you should be laughing. What the? the it's, it's shut its fault. Yeah. I have a license to thrill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's no. that voice? No, that don't exist. <gasps> who's that voice? No. All right, so it's Merlin, mm -hmm. as 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 Roxy just said, and that would be played by some jerk, some some wonderful person nah. next to me that I love dearly. But uh, so so, do you want to talk about Merlin at all this this episode? Want me to talk about Merlin? Ancient stuff? wizard. Ancient. Well, I know that. Yes. So one of the one of the things about Merlin in mythology is that Merlin lives his life backwards. Right. Um. So when we brought in Merlin, we kind of brought him in with this mentality that in his reincarnation isn't his reincarnation; it's his birth. He's not going to live his life backwards. But he, it's it's kind of more that he remembers, unlike the other ones that don't remember their previous lives, Merlin remembers all. Yeah, so the knights have mentioned that they remember, like, bits and pieces of it, or they'll remember, like, whole, like, strings of events, whereas Merlin remembers being every single Merlin that has lived. And will live. And will live. And it's kind of... Including fuzzy. Merlins that haven't lived yet. Yeah. Um, and this particular Merlin had the misfortune of being born in the wrong gender. Yes. And was previously known as Mar Marin, Marin in the last show. But, but has transitioned. Yeah. Or is transitioning. Yes. So, so currently, currently they, them, sort of, yeah. he, he, his. He, I think that Merlin's, it was they, them, yeah. and, but now it's he, his. Yeah. And, but uh, that's it, now we're at the end. We're at the end. No, that was a lie. Well, we're at the end-ish. Well, Chris Bays is Merlin, that was a lie. No, he was, you were playing Merlin, that was you. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, you can't just pretend that you didn't play the character, sure babe. I can. No, I, I, uh, dysmorphia. Yeah, I know. That's I know. what dysmorphia does to you. I know. But. I mean, if nothing else, Pendant's a pretty darn safe space for that kind of thing. So, so thank you for sticking around this far into the episode. And if you've already turned off, that's the sensible thing. <laughs> no, what's ridiculous? Uh, if you haven't turned off, then we'll see you in a month. All right, see you guys next month. Bye. Bye.